if any of you are creative out there, put together a five-slide pitch deck that we can use to go to Microsoft to present our case for acquisition. What is the value that also, we have? Also, Sony, we're not proud. <laughs> we aren't proud. I mean, hell, we'll... We're we'll like the opposite of jumped proud. right into that. We'll, we'll go to Ocean Software for all weekend. <laughs> wow, are they still around? Even around. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to Bad Voltage Season, meh, episode 14. Is it three we're on? Season yes. three? Yes. <laughs> Still haven't pod faded. <laughs> Ooh, haven't heard that one in a while. I, I, I think maybe the term pod fading has pod faded. So that's okay. <laughs> it has, in fact, faded out. Uh, so, um, so we, in this show, are going to have a little bit of a, a change of scenery, and we're going to talk about hardware for the entire show. There's been some interesting stuff recently. Uh, you know, talking about the the PlayStation Five, the Xbox. We're going to talk about the Pixel Five. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some acquisitions going on within the gaming world, and we're going to talk about it and dig into that in a whole load of detail. And hopefully, at some point throughout the course of this episode, get acquired by Microsoft. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. That is the dream. We're going to need your help, good listeners, to do that. So, uh, should we get on with it? Let's do it. I believe we shall. Alrighty, so in this grab bag of discussion today, we want to talk, first of all, talk a little bit about the PlayStation 5 versus the Xbox. There's been kind of a lot going on recently. We're going to get uh, to some acquisitions later on, but why don't we first of all talk about this PlayStation 5 pre-ordering fiasco? Have you guys been seeing this? (laughs) Um, It comes to a thing when PlayStation themselves, or Sony themselves, right on the PlayStation Twitter account. Let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother, winning the Understatement Award of 2020. Well played. (laughs) So I've been tracking this fairly closely, and there's a little bit of background for people who are not familiar with this. Um, So the PlayStation 5 was announced a while back and started getting people quite excited, like all new consoles do. But the PS5, I think, has garnered a lot more excitement than usual. And I think a big chunk of it partially was the Unreal Engine tech demo that we talked about a couple of months ago, yeah, which was well, mind-blowing to did. watch. Um, so anyway, so PlayStation well, I should uh, fill did... In a, I should fill in a cup, an extra piece of background for people who are new to the show. Um, if Sony were to release a head of broccoli in a nice black box, <laughs> Jono would buy it. So <laughs> <laughs> This is true. Quite how they're going to be able to get in-app payments into that head of broccoli is beyond me. But yeah, uh, you watch, man. Electronic Arts will help them to figure it out. <laughs> um, so they did that, and they, they had like a couple of different kind of like uh, shows, like live events where they show game playing, whatever else. So on the 16th of September, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was the 16th, day before my birthday. They did uh, a live show, and um, they basically showed off some pretty remarkable footage from this spider-man game spider-man miles miles morales and i'd encourage you all to go and check this out because when i watch this video i'll put a link in the show notes it is it is fucking unbelievable like when you see what it looks like a cgi movie but it's played in real time. I thought you were going to say Unreal and tie it all together with a bow, but no. Nope. Ah, 
that would require planning. Um, well, that would so be anyways, terribly clever. <laughs> I guess you could say it's epic. Oh, good grief. We're all weak. Try the veil. So anyway, so they did this. And what happened is that a week or two previous, Sony sent an, a, an email out, to, to, well, put a message up on Twitter and all the rest of it saying, um, because we have a limited number of PlayStation systems, we're going to offer direct sales to the PlayStation 5 to our most committed members. Right. So basically, people were all thinking, okay, if I've been a member of the PlayStation Network for years, I've bought all the consoles, I buy games regularly, I'm going to get the golden ticket and be able to go and pre order a product, which is just ludicrous in itself, the word, if you think about however, it. However, is galloping towards this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, what happened was uh, they did the live show, right? And they announced that it was going to be coming out on November the 12th. And the expectation was that shortly after that, the invites, the golden tickets were going to go out via email. People could go and pre-order their PlayStations from uh, the PlayStation Direct. However, again, our friends, the good people at Walmart, <laughs> decided to fuck the world once more. And they, quote-unquote, leaked or accidentally uh, shared that pre-orders were now available on walmart.com. And consequently, the PlayStation 5 sold out in less than a minute, which is nuts. Um, it was fairly quickly. Now, it turns out that the retail world is cowboy land because the minute the minute the uh, the the sheriff of Walmart stepped into the fold, then the beast of Best Buy also decided to, you know, release the Kraken. So. All of these no, sites no, started no, getting hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, cowboy accusations, right? I don't like what Walmart <laughs> did, but I'm, uh, I don't think I would particularly blame Best Buy for saying, okay, the hottest new console is coming out, and we believe we should sell none of those things, and Walmart should get all that money. <laughs> That's not yeah, how it no, works. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. So apparently there's this unwritten rule, which I read on the internet, which was written down, um, that... <laughs> Would the, <laughs> the minute one retailer um, basically screws it up, every, it's just free for all for everybody. Fair game, fair game. <laughs> so, um, and uh, that's so a anyway, type so, of organization entirely. <laughs> so, so there was, yeah, so there was a lot of people. A lot of people on the internet were saying, you know, I went and watched the show, and then I went to bed, and I woke up, and it all sold out, <laughs> <laughs> and then. Shortly after, the emails come from PlayStation saying, hey, you can pre-order. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> you it was a disaster, lol. to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And you still can't get one. Um, and So were you able things- to, through this fracas, order one yourself? No. No. Okay. I did, I did not get selected, which is not surprising because I'm not anywhere near of a PlayStation nerd as anybody else. I actually don't play games very often. I'm more interested in the tech than the games. Um. Uh, and a bunch of people Same. did get them. But what, what was interesting is that PlayStation 5 is coming out in two different versions. There's the digital edition, which is no disk drive, yeah. and then the regular edition with the Blu-ray. And it looks like there's nowhere near enough stock for the digital edition, and everybody wants the digital edition because it's 100 bucks cheaper. And I think a lot of people just don't want Blu-ray discs. I, so, I yeah. think, yeah, I mean, there's no reason, to, as far as I'm aware, uh, there's no reason to buy the... Um, the hardware discs version unless you want to play a bunch of old games that you've already got because no because hardly anyone's or, or buying you games don't have on phenomenal discs. internet 
Yeah, or, or you, you you have like captain. I think because we all like. have multi hundred megabit connections, uh, we assume everyone does, and that's just not the that, case. That's that's actually a good point. Look at oh. you, Captain First World, sitting there in your ivory yeah, tower. Exactly. Uh, no, you're sitting not wrong. there in your Brum ivory tower. Although, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's a tower. It's a tower. Ivory. It's not ivory. But we we should tower. set, I think, a little more context than we did, just for comparison. Yeah. So. The, the Xbox and the PlayStation are actually coming out two days apart. They're both coming in two different versions. The PlayStation, the digital-only version, and I think this is an interesting reflection of how different the two company strategies are. The PlayStation is, what is it, $399 for the digital version, $499 for, I, I don't know what they're yeah. calling it, the regular version. But they are exactly yeah. the same. One doesn't have a drive. Microsoft, it's four ninety nine, same for the high end one with a disk drive. The one without a disk drive is substantially cheaper at two ninety nine, but it's a much different device. Yeah, yeah, it's which lo- a lot lower spec. The uh, yeah, the Xbox One X S One Xbox One S, it's whatever so it's called. It is. But so the regular <laughs> Xbox is uh, sixty frames a second at four K, where the other one is sixty frames a second at at. 1440p, which is a pretty st- substantial difference, terabyte versus a half terabyte. So there's there's yeah. quite a few hardware differences. Uh, but I, I think that's interesting that the, um, as you say, the, the Sony people have gone, okay, basically your choice is, do you want discs or not? And the Microsoft people have gone, do you want essentially an Xbox mini or a full fat Xbox? So if you look at how they're selling this, though, I think if you look back at the last generation of these, let's say the last generation of just Xbox versus um, Sony, because like Nintendo just plays a different game. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah totally. For yeah. for reference, the PS4 outsold the Xbox roughly two to one the last generation, uh, rough yeah. approximation. But if you look at what the PlayStation did and Sony did, it's a gaming device aimed at gamers and it just plays games, right? And they went for the best gaming experience, the most exclusives. That's it. That was their yeah. plan. Where Xbox really tried to make it the the hub of the living room. The home so media it, it hub happened thing. to game, but they included the connect and they did a whole bunch of things that really, they wanted to be the, the entertainment center that powers your living and room. And Sony have that stuff in there. I mean, even the, yeah. back to the PS3, you had DLNA and stuff like that, DNLA, um, all that stuff. But it's, it's an afterthought, right? It's a bag hung on the side. The goal is, as yeah. you say, it's a gaming device. And yeah, if you know what you're doing, you can play videos through it. But yeah, the, the the Xbox was very much more. It's it's the center of your living room, and you can also play games. I mean, I, I would argue that Sony, the the PS4 and the Xbox are similar in their positioning because they can both they've both got Netflix and whatever else you can get media remotes. Who um, oh, I don't think they could be more different in their framing. You think? And I think this is a doubling down. The the thing that I found most interesting about the pricing is PlayStation. They offer those two prices. Xbox, they offer those two prices, but they also offer, they both, of course, offer monthly services. But now uh, Microsoft is saying for 35 bucks a month for 24 months, we'll actually give you the gaming service and the Series X. Or for 25 bucks a month, they'll give you the gaming service and the Series S. And I almost don't look at it as you're buying the device and getting the service for free. I look at it as you're buying the service and they're just giving you a device. And that shows you how much Microsoft doesn't want it to be a gaming device. They want it to be a gaming service. And I almost think that's why they have two different... This this comes down to the strategy, I think. PlayStation wants you to make the best possible games you can for the PlayStation. Ideally exclusive, and they're willing to pay you a fair amount of money for that exclusivity because they want to sell 
the, the, the ecosystem. I think Microsoft doesn't care as much, and that's why they made two different games, or sorry, two different gaming systems, because they don't want you to target and hyper-optimize for a platform. They want you to buy yeah. their service, and you can play it on mobile, you can play it on your PC, you could also happen to play it on an Xbox. I think you're right. But I don't think they care. They want to sell the service, because they're yeah. more and more a services company. And and so it's the it, it's the mobile it's phone Pass. model. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 the mobile phone model, right? You yeah. buy you're buying the contract, and I mean it wouldn't surprise me if uh, in the next generation there's more of that where um you've got that buy the service or buy the service for a bit more and get the higher model exactly as they're essentially prototyping with this generation the same way that you can go and buy you know a phone contract and get a phone but you can't have a really cool phone. Or you can buy the more expensive phone contract and get a cooler phone. I think, I think what's so interesting about this is that when you look at Sony, uh, Nintendo, and PlayStation, like Jeremy said earlier on, they're very, very different, right? So Sony has so, always Sony, been Nintendo, the hardcore. Microsoft. Sorry, yes, uh, <laughs> the, the, Sony has always been the hardcore gamers platform, right? Seri- like. As one tiny example, I tried to go and find a game, like an adventure game that Jack and I can both play. Uh, Jack, for people who don't know, is my son. And it was very, very difficult to find something for kids that's an adventure on PlayStation. Everything's rated teen, mature, whatever else. Switch is everything's ideally suited towards children, right? And it's a great platform for that. And I agree with you, Jeremy, that Microsoft are putting Game Pass at the center of their strategy. And one of the things that Sony have said subsequently is that they're committed to the idea of generations so they believe it's important that essentially when the ps5 comes out they're not going to focus as much on the ps4 there'll always be like a long tail of games that will come out but their primary efforts are going to be towards the ps5 and that to me is interesting because on one hand i think if you're really into gaming you're always pushing the fold with that and i think that the playstations for me have always been more exciting with in terms of technology and the games are really good but they are always going to be more limited to that narrow market. And the challenge, of course, is the cost for the studios is going up. It costs $100 million to make a game now. So I don't, I don't know how sustainable that model is. Model is. couple of things. First of all, it costs $400 million to make a game. Which um, is unbelievable when you think about it. It's, only the yeah. same, it's, it's the same amount as a Hollywood film. Um, and for roughly the same amount of bank that comes back and about the same amount of people and effort. And I so thought on, games and made a lot more technology. money than Hollywood. <laughs> that a lot that depends a lot on who you talk to. Hollywood's costing is so unbelievable that it's difficult to discern yeah. what any movie makes. I think movies are much burstier in that a bad movie does really, really bad. There, I don't know that there's an equivalent to a blockbuster game that does that poorly. So I think there's it's. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. It's it's weird, but um, the other thing there is you said that niche market, but that niche market. Is not a niche market at all. Gaming's oh, bigger huge. than basically everything. I mean, even if you say everything is teen or higher, um, and so you don't get to play these things with Jack, it's still a. I mean, it's a bigger market than Hollywood. More people play games, and more often than watch films. It's right. a it's a huge. So it's not like they're narrowing down on a niche market. They're narrowing down on the biggest market on earth. Well, and the best selling games console ever is the PlayStation 2. The second best-selling games console ever is the PlayStation 4. Hmm. So they're clearly doing something right. And, yeah. <laughs> and all the analysts 
seem to think that the PlayStation 5 is going to severely outstrip the PS4. Wow. I I thought you were being slightly hyperbolic here, Eck, not to interject. As of 2019, the video game business is now larger than the movie and music industries combined. Told you. Wow, I did not know that. It's massive. I mean, wow. Everyone's a gamer now. The, the, There's a lot the, of loneliness now. There, <laughs> well, the, this is the thing. There's, I think, people from our generation still have that slightly, um, you know, someone alone in their parents' basement model for what a gamer is. One hundred and fifty-two billion dollars was the twenty nineteen estimate for gaming. Everyone on earth is a gamer. You are unusual if you're not. And there's a kind of mental thing that needs to change there. Well, that then begs the question whether the model that Xbox are focusing on with the Game Pass is going to be the right one. Um, Because on one hand, it's like the Netflix model, right? You pay and you get access to the games. Sony have done this for a while with PlayStation Plus, where you get two free games a month, but you don't get to choose those games. And what was interesting is that when Sony did the the last show before the pre-order fiasco, they announced something called the PlayStation Plus Collection, I think it was, where they basically provided access to like 20 PS4 games. So I I think Sony plays the, at least in my opinion, the HBO game, and Microsoft is trying to play the Netflix game. HBO's whole thing is they have a thing you have to watch, whether it's Game of Thrones or Sopranos. Through the years, the thing has changed, where Netflix's idea is they don't have a thing you need to watch. They have something you want to watch all the time. And they're two fundamentally different models. But PlayStation goes more towards exclusives. Ah. And I think Game Pass is going more towards, we'll always have something for you to play. And PlayStation saying, there's going to be a few games that come out every year that are PlayStation exclusives that you have to play. Ah, so the idea is people come for Game of Thrones and then just watch the rest of HBO because hell, I'm paying for it anyway. We do. Whereas with Netflix, you're not going for anything in particular. You're buying Netflix because you know there'll be something. There's always something else. There's yes. always going to be something. But, yeah. but you know, it's not Game of right. Thrones. It's so, ancient aliens. Well, exactly, right? <laughs> so clarifying slightly, um, because I thought, really? The PS2 or the PS4 are the top ones? And the answer is they're not, but it depends on what you define as a console. Because the PS2 is the biggest selling console. Second is the DS. And third is the Game Boy. And fourth is the PS4. So the DS uh, and the Game Boy. But you're, I suspect so you're going to say, say they're not consoles, but they're, but they're, they're gaming handheld, devices. Yeah, which yeah. is fair play. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, right, I'm right, not right. arguing with you. And the DS and the PlayStation 2 are really close and half as much again as the, the third one. <laughs> but yeah, no, now, I, just, I just thought that was interesting. But now, before we get onto the exclusives, ah, well, okay, because I'll just should we talk about say, loading times? <laughs> right, okay, fill me with your lies, Jonathan Baker. <laughs> so, so we talked a little while back about the um, the PlayStation 5's architecture, and one of the things you know that that they were touting was we're putting a new SSD in here, and one of the things we talked about was that doesn't seem very exciting, right? New SSD, but it turns out that this is having a pretty significant impact and mark cerny the chief architect of the playstation said that to achieve essentially the ability to uh, basically banish loading times reasonably you'd need to be able to transfer five gig a second um but he said that the architecture because it wasn't just a new drive it was like a new bus and chipset that powers this he said it could arguably go up to 22 gig a second recently i forget who it was 
I think it was the because I think the the native uh, uh, codec is Kraken. But so recently, someone announced this was like last week that somebody's managed to get it up to seventeen gigabytes a second, just over seventeen gig a second. Um, so in historically in games, you know, like Spider Man on the PS4 is a good example. You wouldn't have loading times, but you'd have to like crawl through an air vent. For you do have loading times. They, they just disguise it by you being in a lift rather than putting up a screen that right. says loading. Yeah, right. right, exactly. So just to put that in perspective, I went and did a little bit of rudimentary mathematics. Seventeen gigabyte, gigabytes a second is t- is about twenty four CD ROMs being transferred a second, or eleven thousand eight hundred floppy disks, or one point two Kardashians. It's it's absolutely. <laughs> nuts how quick that is and what's interesting about that is historically in like the playstation 4 for example they'd have to have lots of the same assets right so you know if you're going to be at one particular point in the game and you need a you know a post box then it would be nearer to that particular bit on the disc is how they is how they managed to get around this they had to squeeze out every level of optimization um and now what's happening is you don't need those multiple assets, which means that games are smaller, but now they've got to have like movie quality assets, which take up more room. We talked about the assets thing uh, uh, a number of shows ago, actually. So yeah, I, have right. a couple, I have a couple of thoughts about this. The first one is, um, I don't think, Jono, that you believe that the moon is actually made of cheese, but I think if a bloke from Sony said it was, you'd just buy it. <laughs> But no. <laughs> but secondly, no. I, I'm quite fed by this. Yes, absolutely. That uh, they can do this throughput. Games will take advantage of it. There will be no loading times in the first dozen games that are released. But what everybody does always is go well. Now we can load even more stuff. <laughs> I mean, why is it that your laptop today is no actual faster than your laptop in 2005 was? Right? Yeah, but Be- because you know- if you give people more capability, they'll use it. And it's a good thing, right? Because then the first person who says, okay, I'm going to put even better graphics and do even more stuff in my game. And the penalty for that is you have to stand in a lift for 30 seconds, which everyone's used to anyway. No one will complain and that game will be better and then everyone will do it. But it's a, it's certainly a big step increase, this, which is great. A couple of the reviews that I read basically said that playing a PlayStation 4 game on the PlayStation 5, you now realize how long the loading times were <laughs> and going yeah. back is maddening. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, Act, because while people will add more and more in and all the rest of it, and of course they're going to be able to get more sophisticated in using the hardware, like happens with every console. Yeah, I think the culture is going to be loading times will be unacceptable moving forward. Oh, I think gamers. No, I would it. love to believe that, and we should revisit this two years from now because I don't believe for a moment. Sounds like an early prediction here. It does. This is yeah. This is this isn't. I don't know how we test this. Um, but, you know, one one demo of this, right, that I'd encourage everyone to go and watch is that there's a video of the Ratchet and Clank game um, on the PS5. And I didn't really notice this until I saw um, a guy who I think he used to run part of Xbox. And he said he wasn't convinced about the SSD thing until he watched the Ratchet and Clank game. He said, because there's like one bit in the game where they're in this, what looks like an airport, right? All of those assets are loaded. But the idea of the game is you can go through like these portals. And then what happens is the character jumps into the portal and then immediately appears in what looks like a massive cityscape. And the guy was like, that is impressive. He said, because that wasn't just 
all the same assets but rendered differently in a different part of the map or whatever. He said, that's a completely different set of assets that were pulled from the disc in less than a second to render this. And when you go and watch that game, that gameplay, it's, it, it is pretty mind-blowing just how impactful that is. So, yeah, I'd encourage everyone to go and check it out. But I think yeah. that's going to revolutionize games. I, I mean, I, I, I certainly, I think. But that's what's supposed to happen when you get a new console, right? Um, well, this is why generations are important, right? Because this is why the Game Pass thing might not yeah. be a good idea. Because I mean, if if every game has got to be backwards compatible to a Xbox 360. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, people um, have always done that. Games which come out, yeah. I mean, there's normally there's a crossover period. Certainly, there was between say the PS3 and the PS4, where people were releasing games which worked on both and different versions yep. for each. So you had stepped up graphics or what have you. Um, but they were trying to at least release the game on the PS3 as well because you had this huge installed base. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sony have figures and will are prepared to share them with development studios to say. You know, you know, like the iOS graphs where they can show you that 90% of people have upgraded in the first two weeks and therefore you might as well only support the latest version of the OS and Android ones are totally not like that. Yeah, Sony yeah. must know those figures or mm. some approximation to those figures. So yeah, I, be think, yeah. I, I bet you they can say, look, there's no point. The reason we can push this whole generation strategy is that anyone who's got a PS4 probably going to buy a PS5 as well. So, just stop making games for the PS4. <laughs> they won't convince everybody. Yeah, it's... I can't imagine what it's like to be in a position where you've got a product that's in such high demand that people are infuriated that they can't pre-order it to that level. I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, but then again, I don't hang out in pre-order... Like, no, I don't hang out in the Apple early adopter world, different, so... Different, right. com different community, man. Well, that plays into the whole point about um, which generation do you move to and so on. Exactly. Right. Definitely segueing. Um, All right. This, the, the, the idea of generations and the idea of which console you're on and their marketing strategy and so on plays very strongly into the idea of exclusives for one platform or another. And as you say, Sony are very much, um, okay, we're going to get a few exclusives, which are things that you really want to play, and they're quite exclusive-driven. Microsoft's strategy seems to be, and has been, I suppose, for a while, um, instead of we'll get studios to make games for our platform, which are the hot thing that everyone wants, we'll just buy the studios, right? Work for Bungie. And now, ZeniMax, uh, who own a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, How much? So I, they got acquired, right? Yes. How much? How much was it? It was multiple seven and a half billion. Was it? Is that how much it was? Something like that. Oh yes, um, I, we should have written this into the show. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, we should have done. I mean, that, Jeremy, that, that, that figure sounds about right. Feverishly researches this fact on the internet. I, 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 I think I, I, it was seven point two or seven point five. The thing that yeah, was interesting to me about argue. the number is it was cash. This was not a yeah. stock deal. This was cash. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. It's a lot of money. Lord. And, I mean, this, is, is, this is not the end, right? Um, uh, Satya Nadella has actually said Microsoft isn't done buying game studios. Um, and I'm sure you can, if, if if you're a PlayStation partisan, you'd be like, yeah, that's because you can't get people to make games for your platform, so you just buy them instead or whatever and use it as fuel, which I think is just bullshit and people that's stop. That's a dumb idea. I, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I bet you you can find people saying that without even looking very hard. 
But I think it's an interestingly different model. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they're talking about um, the new acquisitions are being run semi-independently. I think this, to me, feels like the same way that GitHub runs semi-independently. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. pretty independent, but there's still a lean towards Microsoft goals. So I, I think this... I'm curious what strategy they will end up with, but to me, it seems like they can almost have their cake and eat it too. And that if you look at recently Bethesda, which is one of the larger studios underneath it, released two upcoming games that were not PlayStation exclusives. They were timed exclusives. So they came out on PlayStation first and then when enough time had passed, it was released for Xbox. Yeah. Microsoft has said that they're going to honor those agreements I don't expect that to continue to happen moving forward, but if you think about how they make their money, continuing to release on Steam, continuing to release on PlayStation makes sense, as long as it's always available on Game Pass first. That's all that really should matter to Microsoft. So pulling it from Steam or pulling it from PlayStation doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Just not allowing them to have PlayStation timed exclusives is really, I think, what they're after. And when you spend $7.5 billion in cash, like you can't destroy value, and I think... Pulling from Steam, pulling from PlayStation realistically destroys value. Where you're creating yeah. that value is all, no matter what game it is that they release, day one, it's available on Pass. So why wouldn't you subscribe to Pass? If you basically, if you buy three games a year at 70 bucks, Pass is a free in effect. Yeah. So it gets it, everyone it, to subscribe. Well, it's, a, it's the same um, mental model as Amazon Prime. You know, once you start getting close to the point where you're spending on delivery charges what you would have spent on Prime anyway, you go, well, I'll do that. I'll get all the TV for free or whatever. Yeah. And this is a similar kind of a vibe. And then you get all the extra crap they chuck into Game Pass, which you don't really care about, but it's nice once you've got it. I mean, it it, it does suggest that Microsoft are very much going down, obviously, the Game Pass strategy, because then they'll just keep adding these titles in there. And I suspect that they won't release them on on other platforms. So you uh, think they'll they'll pull... From Steam and PlayStation? Oh, man. My, my prediction here will be that Game Pass will be available on freaking everything that it can run on, um, uh, like Netflix. Um, and then Microsoft will have initially cheap Xbox Xboxes that you can go and buy to run Game Pass on, and those prices will go down and down and down, even to the point we've been predicting for years that companies will give away hardware so they can get access to the software i don't think they'll go quite that level and then they'll just keep acquiring studios so what will happen is that game pass will xbox will be a service as opposed to a as as opposed to a hardware platform and the the platform just happens um, to be one um one of the things and the best optimized thing that you can play the games on and then i suspect that the real thing will be then then you know if you think about it from microsoft's perspective if you've got this library of amazing games uh, that are exclusively available there. And then you'll obviously have lots of other studios who release their games on Steam and PlayStation and Microsoft, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Um, then it means that, you know, you get all the PC gamers can come in. You can sell your console, get uh, consoles to get that as well. And then what happens is I think it will arguably potentially shrink the, play, the play, PlayStation's impact. Like... Nintendo won't be affected because that's a separate category that we've already talked about, but it will potentially really dig into PlayStation um, quite significantly. So who knows? I think it's an interesting strategy. But it's, I mean, Microsoft are, are always have been a platform ecosystem company. You know, have their stuff everywhere, a computer on every desktop. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, which is which is very much not the Sony vibe. It, it's interesting because um, I read an article by um, the, the chap whose name I can't remember, who founded Bethesda, Christopher Weaver. Um, and he thinks it's very much a um, Microsoft owned this so it won't show up on uh, PlayStation. Or um, or it's it, it's deliberate. It, it's not so much an attempt to make the Xbox better; it's an attempt to keep this stuff a bit more away from the PlayStation ecosystem. Whether that's because it arrives there late or it never arrives there at all. And I mean, on the one hand, I I kind of agree with you. I'm not sure that I kind of agree with Jeremy. Rather that I I don't think that's right. I mean, if you're if you're if you are Bethesda and you're operating semi independently. And you're exclusive to one platform. You're turning away from half the market. That's nuts. Yeah, but that's that's. Uh, I mean, yeah, but then you dominate the market. That's the plan, isn't it? Yeah. yeah Microsoft have got the capital to be able to do that. But then, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. That's an idea. That's Microsoft's idea. But I don't think that would be Bethesda's idea. And if Bethesda go, we don't like the idea. Of Microsoft go, we don't care. Do it anyway. I wonder how much the semi-independently actually matters when the rubber hits the road. Well, you could say that in the interim, there's going to be a viewpoint, because I imagine most most games developers, they just want people to play their games, right? So for them, they probably, they probably care less about where their players are from. Probably care from a platform perspective, like how easy it is to build games for different platforms, right? Like the PlayStation 3 was widely known as being a pain to develop for. But they probably just want lots of people to play the, their games. The cell processor. The cell processor. <laughs> but um but I if 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 Game Pass ends up running everywhere, like if you can get it on Xboxes, like it wouldn't surprise me if Microsoft will make Game Pass available on PlayStation. Do you think Sony will let them? Probably not. For the, same, for the same reason that I can't pay for Amazon purchases with PayPal, right? Right. I would like to be yeah. able to. It's aggressively consumer hostile not to let me to, but that's about defending your corner of the market rather than doing a thing that people actually want. Yeah. So here's a question. Do you think Microsoft are going to try and buy Steam? I don't think Valve would sell. Why not? Because they'd be aware that everything they've worked for will go away. Because they've fiercely created that independence. And what could Microsoft offer they don't already have? They're already dominant. Uh, they already get to run their company basically how they like. And they don't need the money. What, uh, what Microsoft can do is say, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll make sure all PC gamers start using your software. And Valve will go, they already all use our software. <laughs> I think the major driving force that will get Valve to sell to Microsoft will not be what will they do for Valve. It will be how many of these billions would you like to take? Uh, but I, I, that's the point. I, I don't, I don't know, know why, why Valve would why would Valve sell up? I mean, fine. If, if someone came and offered me that many billions, I'd say yes. But if you already had a bunch of billions, what good is a bunch more? But how many billions have they got? Valve, they don't, they don't appear to be short of a bob or two. I'd have to look up how much money they actually got. I have no got. idea. I think the, the, I just the think last valuation I saw for Valve was about $10 billion. They, They're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are doing, quote, all right. This is, this is what I'm saying, right? I mean, 
It seems like it's, it doesn't seem at the realm of possibility that they, they would be, Microsoft would at least attempt to acquire I'm sure them. I'm sure Microsoft would offer, but I can't think why Valve would say yes. Because it can't be just because of the money. And I don't know what goals they would have which being acquired would help them achieve, which they couldn't achieve if they weren't acquired, if you see what I mean. You could, They've you got could to see argue it as a that- strategic move. Well, you could argue that the, the the thing that where Microsoft have really, really innovated in the gaming world was the development of DirectX, the Xbox tool chain, which is which was pretty impressive when it first came out, let alone right now. So if if, if Microsoft are able to bring some consistency around the developer experience, you get this one massive, incredible gaming platform where it combines all of the like steam have learned a lot about building that platform that kind of platform you combine that with microsoft their developer you know relationship that they have with developers the hardware side of things steam have sucked at the hardware game and have done for many years right and microsoft frankly suck at hardware other than the xbox but i think um yeah i mean steam tried to do those steam machines and all that kind of thing but that wasn't because they wanted just to have a console it's they wanted a console which they own which was independent I think uh, you're crediting more to their independence than is the case. Well, I, mean, well, I don't know. I mean, feel free to drop it into your predictions. Microsoft will buy Steam. <laughs> um, it'll be right up uh, there alongside the Facebook Spaces one. <laughs> are we? Are we talking about 2023 predictions? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that given the fact that Microsoft paid seven and a half billion dollars for GitHub, they paid seven and a half or thereabouts for Zenimax. I think that the bad voltage team may need to uh, start mergers and acquisitions <laughs> discussions with Microsoft. I think we've got a lot to offer the company. I, I think, um, more importantly, not only um, are we a valuable target for an acquisition, but we'd be prepared to go as low as maybe six and a half billion dollars. Well, let's 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 take this offline. Let's <laughs> I mean, look, we, you, need to, you need to maintain your power in these positions. If only we knew someone who was a senior corporate officer at Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to go to Erica. So, Erica, uh, is there any chance you could help us to get acquired by Microsoft? So somewhere in the region of about six and a half billion. <laughs> Can you imagine our pitch deck? Can you imagine what that would look like? By the way, all right, this is a task for the audience. If any of you are creative out there, put together a five-slide pitch deck that we can use to go to Microsoft to present our case for acquisition. Also, the value also that we we're not proud. <laughs> we aren't proud. I mean, hell, we'll, we'll we're like the opposite of proud. Jump right into that. We'll, we'll go to Ocean Software for all weekend. <laughs> wow, are they still around? Even around? <laughs> I don't I think don't that they can't be around. You know, Ocean 3D Realms. Uh, uh, John O'Bacon's Psychosis. Psychosis are now, if I, I'm not sure I've got this right, but I think Psychosis, who made Lemmings, mm. um, are actually now um, uh, Naughty Dog, made Uncharted. Oh. And Crash Bandicoot and everything. It's all the same company through various transitions. I'm not 100% sure about that. So someone who actually knows the history here will probably correct me. And maybe they've just got, you know, one person who was employed by the same companies or whatever. But I've got this idea in my head that they've evolved into into Naughty Dog. 
um, for when when they did Crash Bandicoot, and now they're doing Uncharted. Wouldn't surprise me. Is it going to yeah. be an Uncharted That's for PS5? Is it going to be Nate's daughter, Cassie, or whatever her name was? Anyway. I don't know. I've never played <laughs> the Uncharted games, but I've heard they're very good. Uh, right. I'll tell you one thing I've discovered through this whole debacle is that gamers are a very angry group of people at times. Um, one thing that I found quite hilarious is when they first unveiled, just as a quick story, when they first unveiled the PlayStation 5's design, like it's all white. It looks quite, I think it looks quite attractive. And <laughs> someone was moaning about it saying, this is going to look terrible in my room. It's really bad. I can't believe they did this. And... Um, and someone else responded and said something along the lines of, it's hilarious to come onto Reddit and watch a bunch of people complaining about the aesthetics of a games console when it's going to sit in their disgusting little bed sit in front of their <laughs> crusty bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, boom. I, I quite <laughs> like the sort of swoopy look of it. I do, yeah. It's it's apparently, for sure. Apparently, it's massive. <laughs> apparently, it's, <laughs> apparently it's huge. Actually, I've not actually seen... That's a very good point, now that you say that. I've not actually seen any shots of it, you know, banana for size shots or whatever. I've just seen some... Yeah. And I'm not even sure that any of the shots I've seen have actually been real live models of it, as opposed to mo- mock-ups in Blender. I've not seen it next to anything that would give you real perspective on the size, yeah. yeah. Now I'm Some, curious. Someone, um, someone went and took the exact dimensions that they released, like just when they did the last show, um, and then made an AR model so you could see it on your on your home entertainment system, and uh, and people have measured, put like got diagrams of it next to the other ones, and it's it's a lot bigger than a PlayStation Four. So <laughs> oh really? Okay. I mean, I the don't AR like- thing I think I, was pretty cool. So I don't like the controller, but we're not talking about that. So- yeah, that's a whole separate. <laughs> rat hole of discussion oh goodness isn't it just so the other thing that i want to talk about which is um you know uh, related by a very thin thread to do with new hardware but yeah um we got talking about phones as you do um yep. and you two are both have known form with buying all the pixel phones we have but yes. you kind of stopped recently and now the pixel 5 is due out and we should point out here by the way we're recording this the day before they release all the specs we are yes so it's and it will be released the day after <laughs> after, after yeah. they've so. released the specs so it's possible <laughs> that um, if the pixel 5 comes out and it's got a thing for it's got like a bread maker in it or something we don't mention it <laughs> this is why <laughs> So, bread maker you don't know right google technology anything's, anything's possible um, at this point but i'm interested in whether you two i mean i'm not gonna buy it right i'm not on the pixel bandwagon at all but are you two you seem to have soured a bit on the whole line but i don't know whether that's just because you know you got a good phone in the pixel 2 and you just haven't needed an upgrade or what what do you think? What do you think, Jeremy? What's your view on this? It's interesting because I've had most of the Nexi and most of the Pixel. <laughs> uh, yes, I currently I have, have a Pixel 3, and the P- Pixel 4 was the first Pixel slash Nexus device to me that was just not interesting. I didn't really see it as an upgrade. Solely seems like it was not well executed. Well, conceptually, maybe kind of cool. Not not a lot of real-world application that I've seen. Uh, the Some of the bugs around face unlock and no fingerprint uh, reader was a little bit concerning, I guess. Uh, so just <laughs> never did get on board with it. 
And now the five, and, and the one thing with the Pixel line that's interesting versus something like an iPhone is they leak, I think intentionally, so much of it before the event that we, very little is surprising. We, in fact, had this discussion when the, the Pixel 4 came out about deliberate leakage, leakage so of it. The, maybe this one was a, a head fake and it really has a bread maker and, and I'm going <laughs> to jump on board this toasty deliciousness tomorrow. You watch, but, <laughs> right? You just, you just watch, right? Mockers. Here it comes tomorrow. <laughs> Google if, Loaf is, if is look, announced. If they tomorrow. are going in the direction that it's not a flagship phone, I don't know that it's interesting either. And I do need a phone, so I'm going to buy something. I've traditionally not loved Samsung in that they just... Some of the oh, UI God. stuff they do is irritating, and everything's just different enough from stock yeah. Android to irritate me. So their their hardware is really nice, but and it it takes forever to get updates as well. Well, what, but what's interesting about that is that's the other way around. So my parents are both Samsung people, and they find stock Android irritating because it's just different enough. Samsung have basically created. A, their a, own world, a, yeah. A se- well, they've attempted to create a completely separate ecosystem, which is why there's Samsung equivalents of, I mean, you've got Bixby instead of yeah, the Google Assistant, and you've got Bixby the joke. Samsung Store and all that. And no one cares about any of those things, but yeah. they have managed to stake out a different thing with Touch UI, or whatever yes. it's called these days. Um, and I really liked are- HTC, but then they got acquired. So I, I yeah. am curious where that leaves me as far as what phone I would get. But um, I, I, I don't, I that, don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Is the is the answer here? I will update the forum when it's released. But I, uh-huh. I genuinely don't think I'm going to order it. But we'll I see mean, if they throw just enough of a curveball tomorrow. Jono, interested to see if you well, ha- have ba- different based opinions on the there. leaks before before we go on to Jono. It doesn't look like, unless there honestly is a bread maker or something, it doesn't look like there's gonna be anything which would excite. I mean, yeah, you get a fingerprint sensor back. Um, no one buys a phone because of the chipset, and it's not even that good chipset anyway. You don't care enough about 5G because any phone you buy is going to have it. So yep. what can you think of something which would persuade you to want it? It seems like what they're going for is it's like almost as good as a flagship phone, but 300 bucks less. Seems to be yeah. the market they're going for. Which I'm in a similar but slightly different position to Jeremy in the fact that I'm also just not very excited about the Pixel phones at the moment. Like I have a Pixel 3 and I think my batteries, if, if I remember, holding up a little bit better than yours, Jeremy. You having some battery Mine's issues, starting right? to slip. Yes, correct. Um, but it's, it's fine. It, it, unlike Samsung devices that I've had, which always would end up just slowing down. My phone is, it's, it's fast, it's efficient, it does everything I need, and I use it quite extensively like we all do. There's just nothing exciting in the Pixel 5 that justifies the upgrade. The only thing I could think of potentially is 5G because I can't do 5G on my existing phone. And, but everything else on my existing phone does what I need it to do. Um, I don't use face unlock. I've got a yeah. fingerprint sensor. I've got the XL version. I like big phones, as you both know. Um, it runs. It runs. It runs everything that I need. Thank you. Um, I just don't really have a reason to. I think if I was in your position, Jeremy, I think I'm. I'm glued enough to the Google Pixel teat at this point that I'd probably get the Pixel. But I also want a flagship. Like I'm yes. happy to pay more money and get a much better phone. I actually don't want a cheaper phone. I want a good phone that's going to last me three years, and I want it to be like top of the line. So I'm just not excited about Agreed. it. Agreed. So this is, I'm, know, I'm curious if 
Google's assessment is that hardware is so far ahead of where it needs to be and software is so important that they can release a phone that is just not a flagship by spec at all. Like it's a whole yeah. model down of, of silicon on chip and it won't matter. I wonder if this is their test case for hardware. That's a good point. Really far ahead and software is what matters. And it's always been their software as excited the Pixel events, hasn't it? Like their software has always been the thing that steals the show. Like, do you remember the thing that would call and make a restaurant a reservation for you, which you still haven't seen? Google Duplex, worst idea on earth. I think <laughs> I, I, I think that was quietly killed. But even like the camera, I think in the five is the same as the three, which to use two generation old components is a little surprising. Actually, yeah, but, but I think this is exactly the point. I mean, if you were to ask almost anybody when the phone industry peaked, lots of people have different answers, but I don't think anyone that I can think of is saying, yeah, the peak is definitely yet to come and we're still on the upward slope. They might argue that the, the, the peak was the iPhone 5 or the Pixel 2 or the Nexus S or you know, the Nokia 3210 or whatever, but... So I will admit right. to not being steeped in the Apple's ecosystem as some are. Do iPhone owners feel this way? Um, Most of the iPhone owners I know uh, who skew to a very sort of tech bent, obviously, yep. but iPhone people I know who are normal people just go, oh, I need a new phone, I'll get that. Or the... Or Apple have got the sort of slightly fashionable thing going on. But me, right. for example, my daughter has an iPhone 8. Uh, iPhone 8 Plus, actually. Which and one's she's... that? I don't, I'm not up with... I've, is that the most recent one? Or no, no, no. It's like three or four models ago. And sure, she'd like, okay. a, she'd like a newer one. Um, of course, it's the X, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, but um, if you're... Uh, no one around her is prepared to drop a thousand pounds on a phone for her to have her included. But I mean, yeah. tech, so if you had an iPhone 10 right now, are you yeah. clamoring? I guess this is a question for the community. If you have a 10 or even an 11 or whatever yeah. you're calling it, if you, yeah, if are you've you got clamoring the for the 12, which comes out in a month or comes out next month, correct? I believe so. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, if you're an iPhone owner, post in the forum or, or join Slack. Are you clamoring for the next iPhone? Is there something you really are looking forward to? Or is it just, when this phone dies, I'll buy whatever the current model iPhone is? And, and that, curious. I think, will be interesting. Because Apple have done the backwards compatibility support thing very well. I mean, um, so Neves 8 Plus uh, running iOS 14. New one. No problem at all. Uh, which, right. as Jono alluded to earlier, good luck doing that. I mean, I don't know. Do, um, do, d how far back does... Um, uh, Android 11 go on the Pixel lines. I've got. I just got the Android 11 update like three days ago. Yeah, but you've got a Pixel I think 3. The right? Pixel 2. Yeah. Right. So the Pixel 2 does it. Right. I wasn't sure how far back it went. And I, I mean, I think Google. What's interesting to me is taking a, a slight step back. At least part of the point of the Pixel line was to demonstrate what an Android flagship could be. Here's something which definitely uses all the stuff that we're putting into the software and yeah, we'll show you sure. that we'll do backwards we'll do backwards support. So here is a phone which is four models old, which is still getting the newest version of Android. Look, it is possible 
please, journalists, stop talking about how Android is fragmented and start talking about how Android manufacturers who aren't Google are making it fragmented. Stop blaming us for it because we can't fix it. And to a large extent, I think they've done that. They have demonstrated the concept of an Android flagship in a way that didn't really exist before. And as far as I can tell, it's not moved the market one iota. It's interesting you say that because I think you're right. It almost seems like the problem here is a marketing one because the I think Jeremy would probably agree that the Pixel phones have historically been very good and they're very good Android phones. But it's amazing to me that Google, as, as large and ubiquitous as they are, are unable to be able to percolate enough into the consumer phones market and get everybody to think I should get a Pixel phone because, you know, it's I get access to the information faster. I can run all the applications what I, that, that I want. They've just utterly, not been able to do that. utterly failed in the market. I don't... Yeah. Not only so don't do forget that Google, from an organizational structure, their product folks struggle a bit. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Not, not this just happens the all the time. To uh, the point now where, like, they announced Google Tables the other day, and I thought, this won't be around in a year. Hang on, what's like, Google I just, Tables? I, just, I don't even know about this. It's like Airtable equivalent. It's like a... Okay. You know, for managing data. Like right, okay. So, uh, people, so people like Code or Notion or whatever, um, which we should talk it's, about. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's more on the just, like, tabularized data. Okay. It's, it, yeah, that, like people are using, like, Monday.com or whatever. I wonder then, because we've talked in the past about how the Google graveyard of products, is it going to scare people away from adopting new Google products because of the expectation that they'll be dead? And at least for you, the answer is, yeah, you're running shy of new Google products in general. Someone I mean, mentioned Google Buzz the other day, and I had to look it up. <laughs> I forgot about Buzz. Uh, I Good had grief. completely. I'm like, what was Buzz? And looked up and went, oh, that was after Wave, a thing which also died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, keep, they keep going through this. And it's, uh, I have a question, Jeremy, related but different note. Um, a while back when we talked about, I forget what we were talking about, and you mentioned that you were in Japan or somewhere, and you were looking at the Folding. Galaxy Fold. Yeah. Would you would you consider a dual screen, whether a Fold or the Microsoft Duo or whatever it's called, the Surface Duo? Or so I, I probably not. In that, unlike the current wave of everyone wants a phablet, I actually want a super high end, reasonably sized phone. Because if I want a tablet, I'll bring my tablet somewhere, and they make t- good right. tablets. I don't want a giant phone. I, I have become resigned to the fact that I'm in enough of the minority there that I don't think product market fit, as they say, is just not going to happen for me. But um, no. I, yeah. I, I, conceptually, I think they're cool. They're just everyone I've seen. Like having held the Fold, when it's unfolded, it's quite a large phone. But even when it's right. folded, it's a little bit bigger than something I'd want to carry around all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Garcia! Um, Welcome to the light side of the force. Finally, it's taken a couple of years for you to make the transition into truth and, you know, the No, 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 I've always been on this. And the American I've never way. owned a Pixel XL. I've always owned the smaller of the two Nexus. Like, I, I mean, I agree that um, your definition for this is too big is still bigger than my definition is. But um, half the reason, <laughs> to give you an example, that uh, I don't have to think about should I buy a Pixel 5 or whatever is because last time I bought a phone, I, I, I went to GSM Arena and I said, okay, the things I want are, I don't want it to be any bigger than the size that I want it to be. And 
it has to be less than two years old. And that and they was stopped you right it. there and said, here's a razor, the only thing small enough to meet your demands. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> Nokia 3210 uh, for uh, you, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, okay. And I also said it has to be a smartphone, right? And that's it. That's all I said. And there were six. Three of which were from no-name manufacturers who you've never heard of. One of which was an iPhone SE. <laughs> One oh, of which was the phone I already had. <laughs> and then um, uh, my Nokia 8 um, Sirocco, which is still too big. Um, so for me, the and, Pixel 3, the essential, it. that size yeah. phone is a, the, I the say, You've got that me. step. And I'm hoping that the market doesn't continue to get even bigger to the right. point where you're pushed off the bottom end. Because if you're pushed off the bottom end, I'm an inch and a half scre- of screen off the bottom end. <laughs> you know what? A, that's a problem. This is this is your calling. You need to set up the International Association for Those with Tiny Hands I do. and go and lobby <laughs> Go and lobby the industry. Also, I mean, if I'm looking for someone to be president of the International Association of Tiny Hands, I can think of someone who's going to be out of chops. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> Hopefully. And on Hopefully that bombshell. <laughs> and on that um, bombshell, we should, um, I believe, end the show. <laughs> we should, in fact, end the show. So uh, I yeah, am we'll interested in hardware. He- yeah, I am interested in hearing from people about both of those things. Are you planning on buying a PS5 or an Xbox? Um, yep. Or both. Uh, are, you pla- yep. are you planning on buying a Pixel? Uh, yep. And if you're not, what turned you off of? Is it that all phones now are a bit pointless and boring? And um, we did peek at the iPhone 5 or the Nexus 2 or uh, the Nexus 1 or whatever. Or is it Pixel specific yep. or what? And send us your five pitch, uh, your five slide deck for us to get bought by Microsoft. That'd be great. We do. We would like to be uh, bought by Microsoft, although I'd, I worry that certain uh, more fringe elements of the open source and free software community may physically explode if we get purchased by Microsoft. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, finally we're, happened. We're, we're, not, we're not playing to them anyway. Um, no. So, Alrighty. Um, yeah, um, the other thing I want to say is... Uh, uh, I want to mention uh, Marius from NerdZoom Media, who does all our editing. Yes. yes. Uh, because he's really cool, and he does a really good job, and thank you very much. Hooray. He does. We, yeah. we very much thank appreciate you, these and, things. Uh, you can go to nerdzoom.de to find out more about NerdZoom Media. They do a fantastic job. Um, and we'll see you lovely people on the other side. Bye, everyone. Bye.